right, man, coming out to that music, I feel like I just won a football game or something. But anyway, hey, good morning, everybody. So good to have you with us today. And uh, right now, we got many who are joining us online. So if you are in the room with me right now, would you welcome in our online community? <laughs> Woo! Good to have you with us, wherever you are, all right? Hey, um, as you just heard, this is our Outreach Sunday, and if you came in the building, maybe you saw all the tables and you thought, wow, this is crazy. Maybe this is your first time. That's not normal. <laughs> um, this, is, this is Outreach Sunday, and we always look forward to this. I always look forward to this as uh, we get to see so many of our partners out around the world coming and being a part of this day with us. And so uh, I encourage you, if you're here with us, or you're in the room, when we get done, be sure to go out there and uh, uh, meet them and talk to them and find out more about their ministries and what they are doing. But we take this day every year uh, very specifically to both communicate as well as celebrate uh, what God has been doing through our partners. And, uh, and so it's always, it's just a fun day, I, I think, to be able to, to share some of these things. And so, uh, again, we're, we're glad you're here to be a part of this with us. And many of you <laughs> are partners with us because you are out serving and sharing and, and making a difference in your community. And through many of our Love 918 opportunities that we've have, had over the past year, literally hundreds of you have been involved in those things. Everything from last year's Christmas meals to to the hood hunts, to uh, all the blood drives that we've been doing, the building houses on our parking lot, the, the food drives that we do, the serving at Pregnancy Resource Center that many of you do, serving at Neighbors in Need and OCR, and, and, uh, and then plus just all the other needs that just pop up. And, and Zeb, our, our outreach minister, he puts out the word and, and uh, you know, people respond and say, yeah, we'll go. I think this week they're going to go cut down a tree for somebody. You know, it's like, that's awesome. And that's, that's the hands of Jesus going out and loving like Jesus, right? That's what we want to be about. And we want to make that a very tangible thing and not just something that we, that we say. Because one of the sayings that we do share here often, you hear Chad say this often, is we want to be a church that does everything that we can to, to bring the joy of heaven into the sadness of earth. And through all those different ways that you all are out there serving, you all are out there making a difference, you're doing that. You bring joy into people's lives where there's hurt, there's darkness, there's challenging circumstances. And I just want to say, way to go, church, okay? Um, yeah, somebody started to clap, and I just, yeah, way to go, church, because you guys are out there doing that, and I encourage you to keep on doing that and making a difference. Now, one of the ways that we do expand our impact is through all of our partners, and we do have a number of local partners that uh, we do serve with, but we have also many who are outside our local area and even around the world. Uh, but one of those partners uh, we have been partners with for years. Matter of fact, I'm not even sure how many years uh, we've been partners with Cooks and Hills Children's uh, Ministry, Children's Home. And uh, they have a, a tremendous ministry uh, to at-risk kids in, in our state and in our area and, uh, and even beyond. I mean, they have kids that come from all over, but it's Cooks and Hills, if you're not familiar with them, they provide a home and, and really a family for these kids that, that need somewhere to belong. And uh, they provide a home, a family for them. They also provide a, a full K through 12 school for them. Uh, and then they also have counseling and therapy for these kids because they want them to, to land on their feet and be able to, 
to go out and make a difference in this world. And so uh, we're, we're excited to hear, to get to learn even more from, uh, from uh, their executive director, Ron Riley. And so, uh, Ron, I'm going to have you grab that microphone around the front pew. I forgot to give it to him. That's my bad. But would you give him a big First Church welcome as he comes up to the stage with me? Do we get it turned on? Hopefully. Yeah. I think we're on. There we go. Very good. Thank you for saving me. It won't be the last time, probably. Anyway, hey, uh, you know, every, every year we get to, uh, I, I get to have a chance to interview and just kind of talk to one of our partners, and, and so uh, I'm excited to get to do this with it's you. It's great to be here. Yeah. I love I, it. I'm, I'm glad you're here, and uh, I don't know Ron that well. Usually I know the people that we're talking to, so I'm really not sure what I'm in for here. It's like Jim. But the kinder, milder version. Yeah, Jim's his brother, who we also partner with down in Honduras. And, and I've never brought Jim on the stage because he's loud and he talks. We don't have enough time for Jim. So uh, last year I had Terry, his wife, come up, and uh, she was much better. They're amazing. They're yeah. amazing people, really. Are. They are. They are. They are. So, uh, so just real quick, uh, again, uh, don't know. Would, would you just share a little bit about yourself, your family, and what brought you to Cookson Hills? Yeah, absolutely. So, my name is Ron Riley. Uh, my wife is Donna, and uh, we have six children. And so, uh, a lot of times we would pull into churches to, to start serving as a pastor and a school teacher in that area. And the folks that did support Cookson would say, oh, kind of like a Cookson Hills family. And it's kind of when you pull up and you got eight already, you're there. Uh, The backstory of that is uh, we started uh, foster and adoptive care about 21 years ago. In fact, our our, uh, first uh, adopted child just turned 21 uh, just uh, yesterday. So uh, we know the date. It's 21 years ago we entered into that journey. Uh, And we always did that alongside of our other uh, ministries, my wife, a school teacher, and myself, a pastor. Uh, and so we um, just had a heart for children from the beginning of our uh, relationship uh, with uh, each other and with the Lord. And so we just, uh, when Cooks and Hills uh, came to me, uh, I was serving on their board, uh, and they said, hey, would you uh, consider stepping in as Heath was needing to transition off to, to new work? Uh, and I said, of course, that is not for me. Uh, that is just not something that I've ever wanted to do. How could I uh, stop doing what I was doing for the Lord and where I was at? Uh, and so I went home to my wife and told her this great joke about going to Cookson, and she says, that's a great idea. And uh, so we, we began the prayer journey there, uh, and just a few months later uh, said, yes, we'd come. So three years ago, uh, transitioned from pastoral ministry and public school teaching to uh, executive director at Cookson Hills and a K-1 kindergarten teacher for my wife. So uh, wow. it's been a great journey. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a big shift. It, it's, in, it's good, though. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so I just gave a real brief overview of what Cookson is. I know you could got, dive deeper. So why don't you tell us from your perspective, what, what does Cookson do? What are they known for? Tell us more. So, so as you said really well, we provide a home, a school, and therapy for children who are at risk. And when we think about children that are at risk, these are kids who, uh, without Cooks and Hills, would probably end up in our uh, social services system, in foster care, uh, something like that. And really, we're an extension of the church because as the body of Christ, we understand that the best place for our children isn't often the foster care system. There are other options, uh, whether it's us or Show Me or some of these other children's homes. And the difference being is that when a child comes to Cooks and Hills, they don't have to sever that relationship with their grandparents. Uh, They don't have to uh, sever that relationship with their uh, father, who maybe is an on-the-road trucker, but mom's been incarcerated. 
and he can't really provide for the children, but the kid is still his child, and he still wants to have a relationship. So we're able to be an extension of the church and in, in some ways an extension of the family uh, to those families that are at, at need or at risk. Um, our children all come to us from various uh, stages of trauma and difficulty. Um, uh, if I just did a poll, everybody here has probably had some adverse childhood trauma. The statistics say like 60% of us go through at least one terrible thing in our childhood that we really wish hadn't happened to us, you know, between zero and 18. Our kids have about five or six of those when they come to us at Cookson Hills. Uh, and so it might be a loss of a parent or a grandparent. Uh, it might be an adoption that has failed. Uh, they feel lost, alone, uh, just scared. And so uh, they're coming to Cookson Hills with a lot of need in their life for just some stability and, and a chance for uh, God to kind of reach in and say, hey, let's, let's reset Let's give you an opportunity to rewrite the story of your life and, and see some different uh, endings uh, than maybe what was the direction that you were headed originally. Hmm. Wow. So as these kids come in, um, I, I know pointing them to Christ is a part of your, your mission. How open are they to the gospel, uh, you know, once it's yeah. presented? It, I mean, every kid is different. I would say that just be, it's, it's no different than your youth ministry here. You know, when you say, well, how open are the kids of Owasso to Christ? Well, um, every kid's different. They're in a different place. Our kids have the added burden of that trauma. Uh, sometimes the only person they know as a Christian is the same person that took advantage of them or hurt them. So Uncle Joe was a Christian, but Uncle Joe also uh, did something despicable to them. And so a lot of times what we find is we have to unteach those things, that that isn't how Jesus wants uh, to have a relationship with them. That isn't what a Christian would do, uh, and share with them the true story of Christ. Uh, one of the ways we do that, of course, is Bible studies in the home. So each of our homes uh, are uh, led by a Christian mom and dad, and they're able to disciple the kids in the homes. And so uh, we use Right Now Media uh, Bible studies with the kids in the homes. We use other uh, tools like that. In our school, since we have our own private Christian school, uh, every class, every grade level goes to a Bible class. And so even if you're a kindergarten, uh, my wife, Mrs. Riley, is sharing Jesus uh, with the kids. Uh, one of our newest uh, set of three siblings that were homeless came out of Florida, uh, came to stay at Cookson Hills, are still with us this year. Uh, but the first grader is a little boy named Xander, and Xander's just this incredible kid. Uh, we, we got to thinking this is really his first year to be in class in school as a first grader because last year was the pandemic. Uh, and what little school he got was through a screen. Uh, he was sofa surfing from house to house, never in the same school. So this is the first time he's really been in school. He is so excited to be there on his first day of school. And they have a little circle time with prayer at the beginning, ask for prayer requests, probably like a Sunday school class here. Uh, and uh, Mrs. Riley says, okay, now does anybody want to pray? And Xander's hand goes up, man, I want to pray. It's going to be awesome. And so they all get quiet. Okay, Xander, pray. He didn't know how to pray. <laughs> he's, he's never prayed before. He's never been to school. He's never prayed before. And so Mrs. Riley looks in the eye and says, do you want to learn how to pray? Yeah, I want to learn how to pray. And so he learned how to pray that day. And he prayed for his home. He prayed for his teacher. He prayed for his friends that he was making. And so that's what's going on. So they come maybe thinking they know something about Jesus, 
but then they really get to be discipled and learn who Jesus really is. And, um, you know, we don't uh, share our baptism stats or anything like that. That's between each child and, and God. But uh, every year we see people giving their lives to Christ. And it's, it's really incredible that not only are they overcoming uh, those traumas in their life, but they're overcoming the spiritual battle that's going on in their lives as well. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's awesome. How important to it, you know, you said you're extension of the church, really. How important is it that the local churches are involved in your ministry and what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, Cooks and Hills is as good an extension of the church that that I've ever seen because we wouldn't exist without the church. Um, Howard Dillon came uh, 1957, 56, and he bought a thousand acres. And he said, okay, now I don't know what to do with this. We're going to, something's going to happen. And he was like a, a home builder. That was his profession. Like that's what he could do. And he built some buildings. And then he found a couple out of Ohio, the Kernans, and said, hey, you want to run a children's home here? And so they ran a children's home. And then uh, some others came, Hallams came behind them. And, and just over time, the church said, this is what Cooks and Hills looks like. This is what we can do to help children who are at risk. This is how we can take uh, those widows and orphans that God talks about in scriptures. You know, you want to know what true religion is? Take care of a widow or care for an orphan. Um, he says, champion the widow and champion, uh, be a champion to the orphans. And that's what the church is doing. So number one, we wouldn't exist without the church and we wouldn't continue to exist without the church. Um, the world says, hey, we can do, we can do foster care. And they try. Uh, but I, I live that, that life. I know what it is to be a, a foster parent. Um, and the resources are few. Um, the trainings are not adequate. Um, you have a social worker who checks on occasionally. Uh, we have staff 24-7 available to our house parents. You know, if something's going on, they're right there. Because that's how Jesus is for us. He's always there for us. That's how the church is in the community. The church is that heartbeat of a community. Uh, and Cooks and Hills is just, again, it's just a part of that. It's part of that 918. It's part of that a uh, little bit further out maybe. Uh, but it, it is the church being there for widows and orphans. And so whenever you give to Cookson or whenever you, you, you know, you come, we come into your mind to pray for us, that's God saying, I want to do something for a widow or an orphan today. No, that's awesome. You know, like I said earlier, I, I'm not sure how long we've been involved here at First Church. I know it's been before I was here, uh, and uh, probably a lot longer than that. It's been around, what, 50? So it started in 57, and okay. I think the first okay. churches started helping out uh, that year or the year after that, 58. Yeah. So a lot of churches by 1960 were deeply involved, in, yeah. and uh, Owasso here, First Christian, First Church of Owasso yeah. has been around uh, since the 60s, early yeah, 60s, I'm for sure. sure. Yeah, way back then. That's awesome. So from your perspective, you've been on the job for three years now, and it's been a crazy three years, too. Yeah. yeah. So what's like been your favorite part of the job? What brings you the greatest joy of what you see happening at Cookson? So yeah, it's been, it's been three years, but it's been like 10 years crammed into three <laughs> and you and your staff know what, what I'm talking about. It's just, it's been really interesting. So thinking about the favorite thing, the favorite thing is just enabling other people to live out their passion. And so um, it's kind of like a pastor, but a pastor to missionaries. So each of our house parents, our school teachers, they're the missionaries on our campus. You know, they're doing missions work uh, every day, 24-7, and my job is just to make it easier for them as, as best I can. And so that's the, that's the fun part when someone comes up behind me and says, uh, hey, thanks for whatever it was that maybe was kind of a, a rock that needed moved, and we're able to get that moved and, and do something else. 
Um, it's been exciting to see our, our ministry just flourish these last uh, two to three years in the middle of pandemic. We do a kind of an engagement survey with our, our people. Uh, and even during the pandemic year, we saw that survey increase each year uh, since I've been there. And that's been exciting just to, to go from uh, a ministry that was functioning but, but had some struggles uh, because just leadership was transitioning and no one knew what that meant. And then to see that, oh, it's going to be okay. And, and now we're flourishing. And uh, so that's really my role is to help the staff and then to come out and engage with, with you folks. And uh, that's a joy as well, just to be able to share the heart of these missionaries and these ministers as they're working with our kids uh, is to share Jesus with them. Uh, that's really why they do it every day. They could all uh, get paid a much better salary anywhere else doing the exact same work. Um, but they are there because of Christ, and they're there because you've sent them on mission. Uh, so don't forget us. Don't uh, don't lose uh, your thoughts about Cooks and Hills. We need those prayers every day. Yeah, yep, for sure. You know, we we have been a part of some of the ministry over there. I know we've had teams from here that have gone and served and and sorted clothes and done all kinds of things. We built uh, a house on our parking lot that I know you guys uh, have, have put to use over there, which is pretty awesome. So what, uh, as you look ahead from your executive position, um, very important, um, what, what, what do you see is like the next big thing at Cookson, and what are you super excited about on the horizon? Yeah, we're, we're excited, one, just about being back up to a right staff level. That's been, that was a huge need. When I was here a couple years ago, you know, we were really desperate for house parents, and we are, we're full for house parents right now for the number of kids we have. Uh, we'll be able to add two more house parents in the next year or two, and we'll have every, all of those 12 houses filled that, that you helped build. So that's awesome to know that we're now back on that right tra- trajectory to, to fill up our houses um, we're, we're making great gains that way. Uh, another exciting thing is the ability to uh, care for our kids in, in a better way. And so we're uh, looking at, uh, not just looking at, but we are moving forward with an addition to our school. And so several years ago, we did a Legacy of Love campaign, a big capital campaign. We built this 12 houses. We built a beautiful school. Uh, but one thing that wasn't uh, dealt with at that time was the need for counseling for our students. And so right now, our students go to counseling uh, once a week uh, and they utilize a couple rooms in our library and if you can just put yourself in the mindset of a 13 year old boy or girl walking past their friends in the library to a little cubicle with a door and going in there and spilling your guts about whatever's going on in life that's not the that's not the place you want to do that and so we want to build a little counseling center Uh, we were approached by a foundation uh, who had a common friend with us one of our our former board members uh, Ben Killian uh, who was a board member probably for almost all of those 60-plus years at Cookson Hills. Uh, just in the last few years, he had stepped away uh, from that. Uh, but they said, we want to honor Ben somehow at Cookson because he loved Cookson. And we're like, yes, we want you to do that too. So uh, we are going to call this the, the Killian Counseling Center, and we're really excited about it. It's going to be... Yeah. yeah, there's a picture of it there. Yeah, awesome. There you go. So it's going to have three uh, uh, just dedicated counseling rooms for our uh, students. Uh, It's going to have a little lobby in there as well. And that's going to be half the building. The other side is going to be a daycare for our staff kids. So our our staffs uh, come with family. 
Uh, so they may have two or three of their own children there. And the little ones that aren't school age yet, they have to be cared for somewhere while their mom or their dad is working at the, the ministry. And so right now we utilize one of the uh, living rooms of the houses uh, where the kids are at. And again, that's just not the proper space, but it was what we have. Uh, and so in order to free up that house, to have more house parents, we need a, a daycare center. So uh, this, uh, this facility is going to provide that. So really excited about it, uh, happy to do it. It's not the most exciting thing because it's a building, uh, but it is cool because it enables a whole lot more ministry to be done. It enables children to know. You know, one thing we want kids to know when they come to Cooks and Hills is they're not getting the leftovers, right? Yeah. Like used to be at Cookson, they got like cast off clothes. They got kind of just leftover buildings and we are doing things for them. We want them to know that they're, they're the best kids that we have the honor to serve and we respect them and we love them and they're going to get the best of Jesus while they're there. And that includes their counseling sessions. And so uh, it's something important that, that we know that's going to really make a lasting uh, impact. So if you want to know more about that, I mean, I've got some pamphlets out on the, uh, the little table out there. Uh, or you can just visit with me between services. Love to tell you more about that, yeah. how you can get involved uh, with our ministry. Yeah. Uh, that'd be a great way. That's awesome. Well, no doubt Ben and Sue were special to us, and, and I know Cookson was very special to him. I think he was on the board for a little over 40 years, is yeah, how it's, long it's he served. Been a long and so, and uh, so when you told me about that, I thought, that's awesome. So <laughs> glad we got to share that news. So very Absolutely. cool. Well, Ron, I, I appreciate you taking time to, to uh, hang out with me. I think we went way over time, so, but that just means they don't get to hear me preach as much. But anyway, um, but thank you. And so would you give Ron a big First Church appreciation? Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Oh, we went way over on time. Woo, here we go. Hey, um, I, love, uh, I love what God's doing out there. And I've known about Cookson for many, many years. And I uh, love to hear about their ministry. And we have many other partners uh, that are out doing God's work, uh, again, locally and globally. And uh, it's exciting to always get to hear from them. Matter of fact, we've got a little video snippet of some of our other partners so check this out. First Church, Drew Moss with The Table Campus Ministry, just sharing with you a little bit about what's going on at The Table. Uh, in these last couple years, we have seen God at work here in this campus ministry through the growth that he's given us. Uh, right now, we actually have more students than ever showing up every Thursday night to hear us teach through God's word. And, and not just that, but we have more lost students that are coming and that we're getting to interact with and share the gospel with, which has been incredibly encouraging and exciting for me. We've also, in the last couple of years, been able to see growth through the adding on of staff. There have been a lot of really cool and encouraging things that we've been able to see God do in the lives of our students and in this ministry. And we just want to thank you for your part in that, for giving to us and for praying for us and for partnering with us when it comes to major projects that need to be done here. We are grateful for you. Thanks. Hey, First Church, one of the ways I've got to see God at work is by getting to be a part of those that get to mentor, disciple, and mobilize the next generation of workers from places like ICOM. Hey, my name is Ron Riley, Executive Director here at Cookson Hills, and I'm so excited to be able to share with you that this year we have seen God provide for our children here at Cookson Hills in amazing ways. Uh, we provide home, school, and therapy for children who are at risk. And because of the efforts of First Church, we have seen lives changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. We wanna say thank you. Thank you for touching lives like Xander, Aaliyah, and Alyssa's. 
three elementary students who were homeless before they came to Cookson Hills. But because of your gifts, they now have a roof over their head. They have a mom and a dad that are caring for them on a daily basis. They have a school that they get to go to every day, in-person classes, uh, and they have the, the therapy and the, the ministers working with them every day, trying to share with them the gospel and helping them deal with the hurts in their lives. Thank you, First Church, for everything you're doing to change children's lives. Hello, this is Matt Wilmoth with Christ on Campus. We've seen God at work uh, this year in many ways, especially as the campus is opening up more and more uh, here at the University of Arkansas. We've had um, lots of students uh, coming to our events and asking more and more questions uh, just about God. We're just excited to see God at work. All right. And those are just a few more of our partners. Um, we picked up three new partners this year. Um, the the uh, uh, Nick and Sarah Vaca from uh, uh, Black Box International, that is a ministry specifically striving to reach out to young boys uh, who have been uh, uh, trapped in sex trade and just rehabilitating them, and uh, which is an incredible uh, ministry there. Uh, another couple we picked up, we're not going to share their name because uh, where they may be going, but uh, they're another Pioneer Bible Translator couple that uh, is going to be taking the gospel to a people group that does not have the Bible in their language, and so we're excited about that. And then uh, Crossroads Missions is a, another organization we've worked with in the past. Matter of fact, I've been working with them since Hurricane Katrina, and uh, but even since then, we've been sending groups to Piedras Negras, and, and they're the ones who help us with our house builds and everything. We've actually brought them on as a, as a full partner now and, and, and supporting them monthly. And so uh, we're excited to bring each one of those partners on. So uh, again, there is lots happening for the kingdom beyond what happens in this place, and it's exciting to see what God's doing. And uh, it's why we do this week, this Sunday, to be able to, to share these things and and to celebrate what God's doing, because it's awesome. That was just a little extra emotion from last night. But anyway, um, God, is, uh, God is ascending God, all right? I'm going to jump into the message, because i got six minutes, so let's see if we can do this. God is ascending God, all right? You can see from the beginning, whenever he sent uh, uh, Noah, and he sent Joseph, and he sent King David, and he sent Queen Esther, and he, over and over there's stories about him sending people. And, and Jesus, of course, was sent to us, and Jesus understood his sentness, all right? He understood that he is, his Father in heaven sent him to this earth for a reason. And you have scriptures, I think there's 44 times in the New Testament where it, Jesus is referred to as being one who was sent. Uh, one of those is over in 1 John 4.10 there where it says, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God the Father sent Jesus, his son, for us, to bring salvation to us. And Jesus got that. And Jesus really, he set the example for us of what it looks like to be sent. Because we're all sent. Jesus put it this way at one point in Luke chapter 19. For the Son of Man came, he was sent to seek and to save the lost. That's, he understood that. He understood the mission that, that God had given him. But there was a reason, a purpose for his being sent here for us. 
Jesus understood his sentness. But he also understood our sentness, that we are being sent out. Matter of fact, he says this over in John chapter 20, verse 21. Again, Jesus said, he's talking to his disciples. This is right after his resurrection. He says, peace be with you, because they're scared. Some of them are seeing Jesus, the resurrected Jesus for the first time. And he said, hey, it's okay. <laughs> be at peace. It's okay. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. That's what he's telling his disciples. That's what he's telling his followers. Jesus has sent us into the world. And we, we, we have that purpose. If we're followers of Christ, we have that purpose. Some people go through this life always asking this question, what is my purpose? Why am I here? I can't imagine maybe some of the kids that come to Cooks and think that and wonder, why am I here? What, why, why am I going through all the things I'm going through and all the circumstances that I'm going through? But we know we have a purpose because God has sent us into this world to make a difference. And Jesus understood that and Jesus sends us out and he has sent us into the world. The scripture that we use a lot, it's that great commission scripture where Jesus, again, is it's after his resurrection, probably parallel to what we just shared in John chapter 20. But here he says this, then Jesus came to them, to his disciples, and says this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. That's what we've been sent to do. Go and make disciples of all nations, everywhere. That's our mission. How do we do that? By baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We just saw that happen. Wasn't that awesome? And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus says, this is your mission. Go make disciples. And know this, I have all the authority, so if, there's, if you need some inspiration, just know I've got all the authority to back you up. And so I'm calling you, go and make disciples. That's your purpose. That's your plan. Go and baptize them and teach them. And then he closes off with this, and I'm going to be with you. If you need something to empower you, know that you have God with you. As I met with those young boys just backstage before their baptism, that was one of the things I got to share with them. Hey, you're about to be baptized and know this, we have a promise. Acts 2.38 gives us this promise that God, God is going to come inside of you. The Holy Spirit's going to be inside of you. And he gives us power and he gives us direction and he grows us as we follow after him. We are, we are sent to go make disciples make a difference in this world. Simple. It's, it's simple. We are sent into this world to take the good news of Jesus. That's what we're supposed to be about. We, we really like to complicate it a lot. I know. We try to make it as simple as we can here with just that simple mission statement that we have to love Jesus and, and love like Jesus. Well, let me say this. The greatest way that we can love like Jesus is by telling others about him. We can serve them, and that's awesome, and we can provide food, and we can provide housing, but if we're not giving them the message of Jesus in the midst of that, we're missing out. It's one of the things I love about Seb. He serves, but he tells them about Jesus, and we need to do the same. We've got to keep telling everybody we can about Jesus. 
So that's why we provide opportunities because we want to be a people, a church that is out making a difference. That's why we've got opportunities like the angel tree that you heard about that y'all first service people already dominated that and took all the angels last week. But that was awesome. We celebrate that. You have another opportunity today. Actually, first service, maybe you ought to save them for second service. But anyway, uh, neighbors in need, they brought some angels today for some children in our area that, that uh, they want to bless and help this Christmas. And maybe if you didn't get an angel, be sure to stop by their table today. Yeah. All right, right on cue, thank you. <laughs> Another thing that's coming up is our Christmas meals. We've been doing this over the last several years, and this has been a tremendous outreach, and this is the day we're really announcing this and getting this out in front of you, taking a little different approach this year, but you can sign up to be a part of our Christmas meals you can go online, go to our events tab on the app or on the website, and you can find it there. You can find all the information there. But we are sending out meals to over 200 families this year, partnering with neighbors in need, and we want to make an impact. And with every one of those meals, we want the gospel, the good news of Jesus to go with them. And you can be a part of that. As we look ahead at this next year, we've got missions trips for our students. We've got a Honduras missions trip for our adults in September. We've got a Piedras Negras missions trip over fall break for our adults. So uh, there's opportunities. And I just put these out in front of you because I want them on your radar. You can go find them on the website. But I want you to be thinking about where, where's God sending you beyond this place? Every one of us is sent, Right? I mean, the Bible says that very clear, that we've been sent into the world. Jesus has sent us into the world. But you don't have to go on a trip. You don't have to participate in one of these groups. You are sent right where you're at. To your jobs, to your offices, to your schools, to your homes, to your kids' teams, to Walmart. Lord knows Jesus needs to be there. <laughs> Everywhere we go, God is sending us to make a difference, to bring the joy of heaven into the sadness of earth. The question is this. As Jesus said, he said, I came to seek and save the lost. And if he sent us out like the Father sent him, then our mission is to be to reach the lost the question is, are we burdened for the lost? Do we have a burden for lost people? Because here's the deal, church. We're very comfortable in this place, right? We have nice, cushy pews. Some of you are watching online from bed, <laughs> you know. It's comfortable. But there's a lot of lost people out there that are going to hell. Do we have a burden for them? Last year, uh, one of our ladies, Lori Wright, she shared a story with me about a friend of hers. Her name was Dawn and struggling with cancer and had her second bout of cancer. And Lori had the opportunity or the ability to be able to share our uh, services with her and was sending, him our, sending her our sermons. And, and uh, 
There was an opportunity for her to get to go visit Don uh, for a week, and during that week, Don started asking her questions about Jesus. And that week, she got to baptize her friend Don in her parents' hot tub. We got a little video of it that we'll show. And uh, yeah, there they are. She's taking her confession of faith. And, uh, and I think it was awesome that Lori was so burdened for her friend Don. She was getting her the message of Jesus. Yeah, that's awesome. She was taking the message of Jesus to her because she knew that was the hope she needed. That was last summer. And last October, Don passed away. She went to heaven. Because Lori was burdened for her friend. She was burdened for the lost. Are we burdened for the lost? Let's not, um, un, let's not overcomplicate this whole church thing, okay? This whole following Jesus thing. We are sent into the world to share the good news about Jesus. Let's be that kind of church. Let's be a church that is sent out and let's make a difference. Father in heaven, God, we thank you for what you're doing through this place. God, we thank you for our partners that are serving on the front lines. and uh, God, they're fighting battles we don't even understand. God, I think just yesterday heard the news of one of ours that we can't even share their name. But after four or five years of ministry, just baptized their first convert in a highly volatile area. God, we give you praise for that. We pray you continue to minister through them and through all of our partners. God, continue to bless them. God, we thank you for this day that we get to just shake their hands and thank, you, thank them for what they're doing. But God, help us to be a people to recognize that every one of us are sent out, not just people with a title, missionary, or minister. Every one of us is your followers, God. Put that burden on our heart for those that are lost. That as you say in your word, that we might be a people that will do whatever it takes to snatch them from the fire. God, lead us and use us. Send us into this world. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.